Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. But as we're celebrating this time together, this Advent season, uh, this celebration of, of a man that was king, uh, but decided to live as a carpenter, right? This, this man that was going to be the savior, uh, but lived as, as a servant and, and, and is king overall, but wants to, still wants to be your friend. As we, as we celebrate this time of waiting and preparation for Christmas to come, uh, I thought it was smart for us to go through um, uh, some type of series, something that, that helps us understand what Jesus, uh, what the true gift of Jesus really was and what he has in store for you and I here today in today's day and age. And so today we're starting a brand new series that I'm really excited about uh, that we're calling The Thrill of Hope. Uh, and we're going to do this for the next, uh, the next few weeks all the way up until Christmas time. And so with that, I'm going to pray for us. And then I'm going to jump us right into this. You guys ready? Sweet, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for what you're going to teach us here this morning. I thank you for this season uh, and the time that we get to spend uh, with family and with each other. Uh, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come down uh, and minister to us today uh, in in a fresh new way, in a different way. And I pray that today we would leave here recharged and refreshed and ready for what this next week is going to bring. I thank you for it in advance. Amen. So um, whenever we get into this time of, of Christmas, uh, I'm always reminded about, like, what Christmas was as a kid, right? Um, and so for some of you, I want you to, t- to kind of take you back a little bit. Remember in your brain what it feels like to be, like, that 8 to 12-year-old window, right? How many of you guys remember that? Some of you, that was a real long time ago. It's okay, but uh, for... for that, that 8 to 12-year-old time, I remember back to that, and it was an exciting time for me, right? You're trying to figure, figure stuff out, right? If, uh, you know, for my kids right now, I've got a 5-year-old, uh, but there's, there's something about that age where you have way more energy than adults do, right? I mean, if, we, if you and I had to do what our kids do every day, can you imagine, like, jumping up on the couch, jumping down? Like, it's like, it's crazy. But I remember back to being an 8 to 12-year-old, and one of the things that I loved about the season was was Christmas time, that, that, the expectation, right? That excitement for what was to come just a couple days later, right? You guys remember that? How many of you guys remember back to like you going to sleep on Christmas Eve and you couldn't sleep, right? Just because you're like excited and thrilled out of your mind, right? You know what I'm saying? Um, and then the, you're excited because you're like, you have expectations, you have this hope of what tomorrow is going to bring, what things are going to be under the tree, how many of you guys had this, uh, remember back to a present that you wanted so badly as a kid, right? That one thing that you had to have. A couple of you guys did. Yell them out. Tell me what you got. A doll? A drum kit? Your parents, I'm sure, loved that. Um, surfboards, I'm sure. This is, the ones that I thought about uh, as, as I was going through this uh, were this. The first one was uh, a Mongoose BMX bike. Or a crib. There it is, Mongoose BMX bike. How many of you guys had one of these as a kid? couple people did. No. Uh, I remember wanting a Mongoose BMX bike so bad. One of the kids down the street had one. And I woke up on a Christmas morning, and I didn't have a Mongoose. I had a Huffy. 
Um, but it was, uh, it was uh, this was one of those things that, like, man, if you had one of these, if you got one of these Christmas Day, it was, it was absolutely fantastic. I was talking to some of our uh, northern friends, our snowbirds, and they're like, yeah, we didn't want bikes for Christmas because you can't ride a bike in the snow. And think about that, you're up in Wisconsin, right? No, I don't want a snowmobile. That's what we want. Um, but, yeah, so one of the things I wanted as a kid, uh, I remember, was, was a bike. Uh, another thing I wanted was, uh, what, what about walkie-talkies? Anybody here want walkie-talkies as a kid? A couple of people did. I thought those um, I didn't want one of these, but uh, I'm sure some people did. Uh, how about easy-bake ovens? You guys, anybody remember those? Yes. I could probably, it's a step above a microwave, man. I don't know. I could probably do something with that. Um, this one, I'm sure every guy in the whole place wanted, not the easy-bake oven, but this next one, uh, how about a Red Rider BB gun? How many of you guys wanted one of those? Shoot your eye out, kid. I'm going to tell you what. My dad got me one of those. It was actually one, it was like one that you could pump up more, and that was a terrible idea, okay? If you have a teenager or you got a 12-year-old, do not buy them a BB gun because they're going to shoot the neighbor's cat. They're going to shoot out windows of a van. They're going to shoot at each other. I'm only telling you that because that's what I did. So, yeah. Um, and then uh, the last one, Eric and I both agreed on this one. And this, if you're probably born in the 80s or after, you might, uh, you, this one might stick with you. Uh, this next one, a talk boy. How many of you guys remember this? Oh my gosh. When uh, Home Alone 2 came, or Home Alone 2 came out, this guy had this thing, and you could record a voice, and you could play it, and you could sound lower or sound higher. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I always wanted one of those, and I never got one. So, way to go, Mom. So, this <laughs> scarred me to what I am today. But thanks for the BB gun. That was fun. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I remember back to, like, wanting these things, and uh, even today, you know, as we think of our kids, the reason why we do Christmas uh, is because we love to see that experience even in our own children, right? We like to see that, that thrill of hope come alive in them, them get so excited that they, they can't sleep, right? Sometimes we even use it to, like, manipulate them, right? We say, okay, well, if you go to bed, I know it's only 4.30, but if you go to bed now, like, Santa will come sooner, right? You just go to bed. For them, it's this thrill of hope and this excitement for what's to come the next day. But uh, Christmas for us um, as adults isn't always that. I think some of us, a lot of us still get excited, but there's also times where uh, that thrill of hope uh, gives way to this, this idea of just wanting to survive, right? I mean, because like, can I be honest? Like Christmas Eve, Erica and I are not thinking like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to wake up tomorrow, right? We're thinking, how can we trick these kids into sleep? Can we set the clocks back or something? Want to sleep in more. For us, it's not about this excitement of what the presents are. It's like, okay, we're going to go home and we're going to wrap presents till two o'clock in the morning and I'm going to watch Die Hard and Die Hard 2 and Die Hard with a Vengeance and all the other Die Hard Christmas movies that are out there, right? But if we can be honest about it, this, this Christmas season actually it really starts to kind of lose its, its thrill of hope because for us, it's, it's an incredibly busy time, right? Our, all of our, our jobs that we're working towards, they're, they're trying to, to finish strong. We're trying to get all that we can get done before the end of the year. For some of us that work in retail, you know, it's like super busy. Kayla works at Bed Bath & Beyond. I'm just kidding. Uh, it's uh, Bath & Body Works oh, at, at the Tangier, Tangier Outlet. And it's like the busiest time of the year. Who, buy, who needs that many candles? But you guys are selling, you selling them like they're hotcakes. 
but everything's incredibly busy. We've got Christmas parties that we're trying to put together. We've got uh, things that are happening. We're trying to bring families together. We've got iPhone uh, screens that we're replacing because we dropped them in church. You know, all these things that are happening in our lives, um, and it becomes this, like, incredible, stressful, intense time. And uh, as I was talking to some of our team, like, it, it, it goes beyond just even be stress and, and, and tense, um, but even becomes worrisome because as we hear stories and reports of um, some of the people on our team that are uh, right now dealing with um, di- finding out diagnosis of cancer even this week, and we've got people that are dealing with sickness severely that um, you know, I've got one guy that I've connected with like three weekends in a, in a row, and he's like, dude, I'm just at home with the flu and can't freaking kick this thing. Um, we've got some people that are dealing with, you know, this past uh, couple weeks ago, even our family, my dad ended up having uh, a stroke. He's at home now, uh, and he's doing better, but it was an incredibly stressful time uh, for our family. We've got people that are dealing with losing their jobs. We've got people that we're hearing reports of in this season are, are there's when it's supposed to be a time of connection and closeness uh, and unity where there's actually been created the separation and families that are being split up and people that are uh, deciding that, you know what, we're, we, we said for better or for worse, but uh, I don't think we're going to stay together anymore. Financially, it becomes a tough time because as we're trying to prepare for the end of the year and as we're trying to provide Christmas for our families, it just becomes incredibly, incredibly stressful. And for many of us, it turns into this Advent season, this Christmas time, we put on a good face, but on the inside, we feel this pressure, we feel this, this sensation of stress, and it turns from what should be a thrill of hope to just surviving this season. And the truth is, I, I don't think that is what God has called us to. I don't think that's what Jesus has in store for us. I don't think that's what he would want uh, as we celebrate his, his birth. If season is what we use to celebrate, to celebrate uh, our Savior, uh, I don't think that uh, us being stressed out and us experiencing this pain, this tension that's going on with all of our lives, this not experiencing the thrill of hope, but, but the, the opposite of that, I don't think that's how he would want us to celebrate. Now, here's the thing. I understand that as a Christian, it doesn't mean that, like, we don't have bad things happen. Because I could literally tell you, just like I said, for this past week, I could give you a dozen stories of people who's like, on, on the outside, it looks like their lives are just falling apart. They're going through an incredibly tough time. That's not something new, though. I know if you're going through something like that, if you're going through a, a stressful situation, or if you're going through a tough time, I, I know it feels like it's unique to, to your life, and it probably is unique to the situation you're in, but it's not unique when it comes to life. Because... I would bet if you're dealing with something today, if you're dealing with one of these stresses, you're probably in a good group because many of us are dealing with the same things. But I think that whether we're dealing with stressful situations, whether we're going through these tough times, whether we're just trying to survive, I don't think that's what Jesus wants for us. I think Jesus wants for us to still experience the thrill of hope for what's to come. We say here at Coastline, the best is still yet to come. We say it every week because we believe it. Because we believe what Jesus has done gives us hope for a better future. Amen?
And so let's look through the word. I don't think this is this is something that's dealing with tough situations. It's not something that, that is unique to just us. It's happened throughout time. Uh, and let's see, let's see what's kind of happened even in the story of Jesus. As we, were, if, as we were to look into the beginning of his story right before his birth, let's read this and see what we can experience and see how we can experience this thrill of hope still in our tough situations. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. Uh, the, the author Luke here uh, was a very intelligent man. Many people think are, uh, they, they believe that he was a physician, uh, which you don't do that if you're, you're a dummy, right? This wasn't the perspective of a fisherman or a carpenter or anything. This was a, a person who was learned and, and, uh, and educated. And uh, before he wrote this, he would have researched it very well. And so it's a, it's a pretty in-depth account of what happened uh, right before Jesus' birth. But in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38, he gives us some context before we get into it. He says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. Now, he's giving some context right here because uh, you need to know that Mary and Elizabeth are cousins. They're, they're related to one another. Uh, and uh, Elizabeth would be significant to the story because uh, later on she would actually give birth to J- what would be John the Baptist, the man who pr- uh, paved the way for Jesus to come. But it says this, it says she was, uh, um, to a virgin named Mary, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. So this gives you perspective into her life a little bit, right? This is the age that she would have been, would have been a young woman, and she's preparing for uh, this, this wedding that she's going to have with Joseph, this descendant of David. She's, she's getting ready for uh, this union, this connection of two lives becoming one in marriage. And uh, I, re- I remember back to when Erica and I uh, were even planning our marriage, and it was a very exciting time, right? Life is about ready to change, but Gabriel, he comes to, to tell her a little bit of different news. It says, Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Uh, Erica and I play this game every now and then. Well, I play it. She just tries to deal with it. Uh, we play this game uh, where I uh, try to scare her at home. And so, like, I'll do these things where, like, I know I'm, like, I'm 300 pounds, Okay. But I'm 300 pounds of sneaky. I will, I'm as light-footed as, as a gazelle. You know, I'm telling you right now. Um, and so I'll do this thing where, like, she'll get and be getting right in the, in the mirror at uh, home, and I'll just come and, like, stand right in front of the bathroom door and wait for her to turn. And she gives off this incredible yell and squelch, and it's so fun. And she starts smiling and crying at the same time. It's great. Um, but I love it. It's really, it's really fun um, for me. And... Uh, but so I imagine this of like, she, when she sees me, like she knows, okay, that's my husband. But still, like there was this incredible jolt in her life. I can't imagine what Mary's feeling in this situation, right? Because she turns or she's doing something at home and then boom, there is an angel. And I don't think it's like a precious moments, little fat chubby angel in a diaper. Like I don't think that's how angels are. And so she would have been a little bit, a little bit, uh, excited, right? A little bit scared for this. And uh, the angel goes on. He says this. He says, don't be afraid, Mary. He said, for you have found favor with God. And this is what's important. The angel starts to tell her, hey, this is what's going to happen next in your life. Let me, let me give you some promises of God, of what God has intended for you. He says this. He says, you will conceive and give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus. 
He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, here's the thing. There, there's some excitement that comes with this because, like, uh, Mary is about ready to marry a carpenter. Uh, and, you know, I, I can imagine, like, you know, you want your, your, your daughter to grow up to marry someone who's, you know, uh, respectful um, and a good person and well off and loves Jesus, right? Uh, someone who might be a doctor. Like, I'd be okay with Olivia marrying a doctor or something like that, right? Carpenter, uh, you know, it's not quite the same thing. But here the angel tells, Jesus, tells Mary, like, your son is going to be a king, He's going to be king over all of Israel, and his kingdom, will, his reign will not end. That's a huge promise to be made because of the experience of the, the history of what had happened uh, in, in, the, the Israel, in the Israelites. This was a huge, huge deal. But Mary's got some couple questions with this. She says, uh, but how can this happen? Because I'm a virgin. Now, here's the thing. It's like, okay, God, you promised this. Like God's saying, hey, this is what's going to happen. These are some great things. I'm really excited for them. But I haven't seen like the first couple things happen that need to happen to make that happen, right? Some of you, you guys ever feel that with God? You're like, God, God, you called me to do this, but I don't know what first step is or the second step or anything like that. And it seems like we're talking about 10 steps away. Mary says, hey, I haven't even gotten to the point where I'm married. There's, there's a problem here. There's, there's something that I'm missing, she says, how is this going to happen? And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, the Holy Spirit. I feel like sometimes in the things that you're dealing with, you can't get yourself out of it. The, the next step that you've got to get to in your life situation or the struggle that you're going through or the thing that you're battling with or the thing that you're even trying to achieve, sometimes it's not about you getting to one, two, and three. Sometimes it's about trusting in God and saying, Holy Spirit, you get me to where I need to be. The Holy Spirit has the power to go above and beyond what you can even imagine or think. And so the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born, the baby that's to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. I can't help but think that even as this angel is telling her that, Mary's thinking, okay, dude, there's... There's a lot of tension in this because if, if you're saying, like, I'm going to have a baby outside of wedlock at some point, like, I've got to, I'm, I'm engaged to this guy that I'm going to have to tell him about that. And how is he going to really, how's he really going to experience this? How is he going to take that? There's no way that he's going to believe me. In that day and age, to have a baby out of wedlock was unlawful. And so there's also this fear of, like, what happens to me? What happens to my, my safety in this situation? I don't, know, I don't know how I'm going to do this. You're going to, I need a little bit more reassurance. The angel continues to tell her, he said, what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. At this point, I can't help but think she's trying to charge her faith a little bit. So people used to say to her that she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Look at your neighbor and say, for the word of God will never fail. I, I think this is huge in this. There's two parts that you've got to understand. One is, is, is the angel says to, to, to Mary that, hey, this is going to happen because of what the Holy Spirit is going to do. And you need to understand that the word of God, the promises of God, will never fail. 
I think for you, to, you and I to experience the thrill of hope again in our lives for what we're dealing with, and it doesn't matter about the tension or the, the pain or the struggle that we're going, I think we can still experience that thrill of hope for what's to come through Jesus. But we've got to understand that sometimes it's not going to happen by our hands. It's not going to happen by our, our planning it out and trying to get our ducks in a row. Sometimes it only happens through the presence of God, through his Holy Spirit. And we have got to continue to remind ourselves and remind the people around us what the promises of God are in our own lives. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said, everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left. She accepted it. She said, okay. So if, God, if that's what God wants and that's how it's going to work out, then I'm accepting it and I'm excited for it. And I'm ready for what's to come next. As we read on in Luke chapter 1, verse 39 through 45, it says this. It says, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. This was her relative who was also, also Mary. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. I can't help but think that this is just more confirmation. For some of you, I, I, I feel like God's telling me, like, what you're going through, I understand it's tough, I understand it's scary, but he's got a plan, and he's going to work it out. And some of you, you need to be starting praying and saying, Holy Spirit, have your way in this situation. And you need to be looking out, not for it to, to happen right away, but maybe you just need a little bit of confirmation. Maybe you need to be able to see what's just in front of you, what's confirming that this is the next step, this is what you're supposed to do. The breadcrumbs for the plan that God has for your life through Jesus Christ. Elizabeth gave a cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of the Lord should visit me? When I heard your greetings, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he had said. I think for many of us today, for what we're, what we're dealing with, the difference between us experiencing a season of survival in the thrill of hope is the Holy Spirit and believing in the promises of God and what he has for us. I can't help but imagine the stress and the pressure and the pain uh, that Mary was afraid that she was going to experience. The things that she was going to have to hide. She was going to have to figure out how to communicate this uh, to her fiancé, Joseph. Later on, we would find out that an angel of the Lord came to Joseph and communicated the same thing and said, hey, man, this is for real. And how together, as they pursued and did what the angel of the Lord told them to do, God continued to show up. For many of us, we need to continue to believe in the promises of God. I believe the first part in you experiencing the thrill of hope again in this season, this thrill of hope of, of what's to come, of not, not ending life in what you're going through right now, but uh, the, the understanding of knowing that he has a plan for you and that he's going to work something out greater than what you can even imagine in the situation that you're going through. The number one key is remembering the promises of God. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says this. He says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. How many of you guys need some new strength today? Those of you who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. 
They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. For many of us today, man, we're walking around, we feel like we got lead boots on, right? We feel like, man, the stuff I'm going through is incredibly difficult. Trust in God. Experience, he said that we will soar like wing, uh, on wings like eagles. We will run and not grow weary. Trust in the Lord. Second thing I believe that we got to do is we got we to uh, understand that giving up is not an option. Continue to push through. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, this is, this is I, and I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it fi- is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. I believe that in you, man, God can work it out. If you will just continue to believe in him, if you will trust in him. The last thing I think is the most important is there's an aspect of what you're going through that you can't deal with on your own, that you don't have the power. The Holy Spirit does. I believe many of us, the difference between us living in a season of survival and experiencing the thrill of hope today in our lives is just accepting and saying, Holy Spirit, you have your way in this situation. In my relationship, you have your way. If I'm supposed to be with this person or I'm not supposed to be with this person, show me. Holy Spirit, you have your way. When it comes to this job that I'm struggling with that, that's not making ends meet, Holy Spirit, you have your way. You tell me what to do and what is next. When it comes to the health issue that I'm dealing with on the inside, when it comes to that thing that the doctors don't understand what's happening, Holy Spirit, you have your way. The reason why this was important during this time is because uh, this was before Jesus came. The idea of the Holy Spirit coming upon Mary, the the idea of the Holy Spirit uh, coming upon Elizabeth, and at any point the presence of God didn't happen. That's something that happened in the Holy of the Holies in the temple. But because of what Jesus did, today we're, we're able to experience the Holy Spirit of God in our own personal situation. But he's a gentleman. And he'll only, he'll only have his way with the things that we give to him and submit and say, have your way in this. This past week as I, um, as I was reading the word, I uh, came upon this verse. I think it's a fantastic prayer of uh, what Paul had for the church in Rome as he's um, communicating to them the next steps and the things that need to come in their leadership. And He says this in Philippians 15, verse 13. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will find you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I think for, for many of us, we're going to post this on, um, we'll post this on social media here later on today and through, through the week. But for some of us, I think that this is a prayer that we need to pray. I think this, this is a prayer that we need to remind ourselves when, when we're feeling of like we're just surviving, we're not, we're not living in that thrill of hope for what's to come, when we're not, we're not sure about the future. We're not sure about what, what God has promised. If, as we start to doubt, I think this is something that we need to start praying over our own lives, praying over our job, and praying even over our children and our church. And so I've made, I've made it personable. 
I made it something that you can say. If this was a prayer that you'd pray, it would go something like this. It'll be on the screens. It says, I pray God, or I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill me completely with joy and peace because I trust in him. And I will overflow with confidence. I will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I think for this season, when you're going through difficult times, when you don't feel like you have hope, I want to challenge you to pray this. I want to challenge you to, to pray to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, have your way in these situations as I trust in you. Fill me with joy and with peace. Doesn't this sound like a fun Christmas? A peaceful Christmas, a joyful Christmas, a confident hope Christmas. Today at, at 35 years old with two kids and a mortgage and a church and, and health issues and the things that we're dealing with in our, in our own family, I'm telling you right now, in my life, I want to experience that thrill of hope again that a small 12-year-old little boy felt about stupid presents under a Christmas tree. I want to experience that thrill of hope of, of what God has in store for my family for myself, for my wife, for my kids that are growing up. I want to experience that thrill of hope of what's going to happen in our church, for what's happening in New Smyrna Beach. I want to experience that thrill of hope to see what, what God has in store for bridging the gap and for frog ministries. I want to experience that, that in my life. I know it doesn't happen by just me putting my hands to it and me working hard. It happens if I trust in God, if I remember what he has promised, and if I say, Holy Spirit, I'm here today, have your way. I think if we'll do that, if you'll do that with whatever your struggle is, whatever you're dealing with, if, you, if you'll say, Holy Spirit, I'm here today, have your way, I believe that your life can change for the better and you can experience the thrill of hope. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around, Many of us here today, we can, um, we already know what our struggle is. For some of us, it's, uh, it's sin. It's something we've been holding on to for, for too long. It's something that we are ashamed to talk about to anybody else. Uh, it's something that we don't even think about much because if we, we, we have this mindset, if I don't think about it, then it's not really true. For some, for some of us today, that's the thing that we need to let go. For others of us, it's what's going on in our relationships with our husbands or our wives or our girlfriends or our boyfriends. Now is the time to say, Holy Spirit, have your way in this situation. If you're struggling, I'm going to tell you, if, if, if you're just leaving in a, in a season where you're just trying to survive, you're not alone. But if you'll say, Holy Spirit, have your way, I know life would be way, way better. And for some of us still, it has to do with our job and our financial situation. Whatever it is for you, I want to challenge you to do this. With no one looking around, this is between you and your Heavenly Father. This is between you and the Holy Spirit. If you would today want the Holy Spirit to have his way in whatever you're dealing with, whether it's sin, whether it's uh, financial struggle, uh, whether it's separation uh, in your relationship or your marriage, uh, whatever it is, you'd say, Holy Spirit, have your way today. I just want you to put a hand up and put it right back down. It's between you and God. 
You're saying, God, you know what it is. I know what it is. Start to move in it. I trust in you. Heavenly Father, you've seen every hand that's gone up here today. You know exactly what is happening in our health. You know what is happening in our relationship with our husbands and our wives. You know what we're struggling with when it comes to our teenagers and our children. When it comes to our finances and the, the debt that we, we've been trying to work on or we haven't even paid attention to and it's now has crept up on us. You know, you know every aspect of the thing that we're dealing with. And we're here today, we say, we can't do it alone. Please help. Step in. Help us not to just survive. Help us to live with the thrill of hope, of knowing that you have a plan for us and that you can use us and you can do something with us that is greater than what we can do with ourselves. And so as we've raised our hands in surrender and acceptance, we've asked, as we've asked you to come in, I pray that you would. And I pray that you would start to do a work and change us from the inside out. I thank you for this this Advent season, this, this time of waiting uh, to celebrate what, what, Jesus, what you have done. I pray that we would not lose sight of, of this, the real meaning of all this. And all along this way, I pray that you would work and come alive in our lives and change us forever. And us change, in changing us, that we would change the world that you place us in. I thank you for what's to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.